All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to get right into God's word. I got a lot of word for you in this hour. Uh, I'm so grateful for you coming here. I don't take that for granted because you could be somewhere else. But I do believe we have the best meal in town. Amen. I just believe that. I just believe that when you, when, you, when, you fix, when you serve the word like it's supposed to be served, people will come and get the word. All right. And I trust that you're hungry today for the word. All right. Now, I want to I go to our subject. Let's go to the book of Philippians. We go into the town of Philippi today because uh, the Apostle Paul, remember the Apostle Paul went to all these places. Uh, it's an awesome thing, all these places that he set up churches. And I don't, I, I don't want to leave with not allowing you to understand what he went through. Uh, and I told you this morning, he had to leave everything. You got to understand when he left, he left going to get these people in Damascus on the Damascus Road. He was on an assignment. So I'm quite sure he had a house. He had all the things probably that everybody else had. I'm, he did, I'm not saying he had a wife and family, but he had everything that everybody else had. I'm talking about a family, a relationship. I'm talking about a household. I'm talking about people who knew him, related to him, that kind of thing. He left everything. So you have to understand, once he got to the Damascus Road, he didn't go back. And this is now he's writing his story. Okay, so in Philippians chapter 3, uh, we're going to go down to verse 14, so if we cover in the more room, we will, but we're going to go to verse 13 and 14, just two verses. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 13 and verse number 14. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Verse 13, Pro let's read together. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaches forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remember this calling this where? In Christ Jesus. So when you realize what the high calling of God, that's our subject, is the high calling of God, you will know where the high calling of God is in Christ Jesus. That's why you got to be in Christ and Christ got to be in you. It's very important. People go to church, but they don't really care nothing about their salvation. I mean, it just... I went to church. That had nothing to do with your salvation. And then while you're here, you have responsibility to the Lord is to hear and believe his word. All right? And to worship him and to praise him. These are the kind of things we have to do. All right? Philippians chapter 3 and verse number uh, 13 and 14 we just read for you. We're going to use that. We're going to get to that today. But we want to use the high calling of God. And we want, cause we want you to know what is the high calling of God. Because it's in Christ Jesus. All right? So that's what we want to find out today. This morning, I gave you a lot. I'm not going to be able to go back over the things uh, that I gave you this morning. Uh, but you got to understand what Paul says is what we want to put emphasis on. You wrote down three things Paul says, and I want to put emphasis on them this service. Number one thing he said is forgetting those things uh, that are behind. So you want to write those things down. Forgetting those things. If you don't do it, put down the word forgetting. That's all you need to get because we're going to show you in the word uh, that's what happened with Abraham. We gave you that this morning. That's what Abraham had to do. Uh, we gave you Genesis. Let's start there. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Because that's what Abraham had to do. I know it sounds like it's just anybody can do it. But hey, let me tell you something. It's an awesome thing to leave your family and all your relatives and everybody you know. And then go where God told you to go. And don't even know where that is. 
That's why he had to walk by faith, faith and not by sight. All right, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 is where we are. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And if you do that, watch what God said, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now watch what happened in verse 4. And Abraham departed, and the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. I gave you an example this morning. I'm your pastor. I'll be 75 years old in April, so you can imagine how Abraham looked with the, ble with the beard. Just add the beard, right? All right, verse number five, and Abraham took Sarah his wife uh, and Lot his brother's son and all the substance, everything he had, and that they gathered, had gathered, they took everything that they had, all the substance that they had gathered, and the souls of them that had gotten in Haran, their children, their family, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And then I gave you uh, Hebrew chapter 11. Let's switch over to Hebrew chapter 11. Because this adds to what happened with Abraham. The new covenant, uh, Paul talked to the Hebrews and he brought this up in Hebrew chapter 11. What happened to Abraham? Because they had to do the same thing. Hebrew, Hebrew chapter 11. And we want to go down to verse number 8 through 10. Then we're going to skip over to verse 17. Uh, Hebrew chapter 11 and verse number 8 said, By faith... Abraham, see, by faith, Abraham. When he was called, that word called is what I'm showing you. God called Abraham. You do not get into the Christ and left unless you obey the call. See, I'm, I'm showing you that because you got people, and we were, we used to be, believe you could be saved by your confession. I'm showing you, can I be saved? You can't get into the kingdom. I'm going to show you. You can't even come into the kingdom unless the Lord call you. There was a story that God gave us that a man came in without having a wedding garment. See, he, that, right off the bat, he won't know how he got in there. See, the bottom line is you cannot be saved unless you answer the call. God called you, and I'm going to show you the word today. All right, so don't let nobody deceive you. You're calling to the grace of God, Galatians 1.6. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as, a strange, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundation, we know that is Jerusalem, for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. That was Jerusalem. We know who it was. All right. Now, remember, he went not knowing where he was going. So when God tell you to go to do a faith Christian church, now we had a family here sitting here. Uh, that's how they got here. Uh, uh, when they came to this town, they came here looking around like, is this the place? But the Lord showed them that this is the place by the word. You're supposed to know how you, how you know it's the place by the word. is a word in there, okay? Now, I gave you this morning, I'm going to go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm fast forwarding. 
because I want to get to my new, some new things today. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6 told you that God called you. Now, many people would hear this message, but the key is God, see, this is, this is the same thing as I'm going to a church right now, all of my family go here and all this here, but the word is not there. And then God tells you to go to a door of faith ministry, a door of faith Christian church, Pontiac, Michigan, uh, over there on 511 South Sanford Street, and you heard that and you'd be like, man, I, I've been here. Pastor, pastor, tell folk, don't go over there. Wonder why they don't want you over here. All right, Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. I would want to know. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, because I preached the cross. Amen. I preached Christ, death, death, and resurrection. I preached the cross every service. This is what I preached, Christ crucified. But people want you into religion and tradition. You know what I mean? We are not, we are not a Baptist church. I don't even know can we use the word non-denomination because we just none of that. Understand? We just a word. We just come here to get the word. Amen. We come here, we praise God, we worship God, we get the word, and we fellowship with one another before we leave. All right. All right. Now watch Paul says, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel, just one verse, that you are so soon removed from him that called you, watch this, into, he called you into the grace of Christ. All right. And Paul says, unto another gospel, which is not another gospel. So I, I wrote that out of the Greek Bible in Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 3. I wrote this down, what the Greek says, the Greek Bible. It says, God called us to live in the grace of Christ. Isn't that something? God called you to live in grace. Now, if you are going to a church that don't preach the gospel of Christ, how are you going to ever live in grace? If you don't, you live in religion, tradition of men. I gave it this morning. I'm not going back there. All right. And you already know what the Bible said. In, in the Bible says 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the letter, letter, chapter 3, verse 6. The letter, that's the law, killeth. The spirit give life. And the spirit is the spirit of grace. The spirit of holiness in, in which we are preaching about today. Spirit of righteousness. That's why you're going to have life. Uh, the guy who brought, uh, we gave out this past week, of course, thank God for all the people who helped us serve. Uh, we gave out uh, salmon. You know, I keep saying salmon. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been taught religiously from the country. And I, my, you know, you got a phone, and my, your phone going to say what you say. And I kept saying uh, the wrong word, and it, I'm going, that's not how you spell Simon. And I, I had to say to myself, you pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Somebody said Salmon. Yeah. Right, it's Sal, S-A-L, Salmon. All right, but we do have some Salmon left for those who did not get Salmon yesterday. All right. See, people cut that L off, they call it Salmon now. All right. All right, that's after service today, okay. Now, let's move on. So what we want to do today is we want to, uh, we gave you Galatians chapter 1. Let's go to, while we're in Galatians, let's go to 1 Corinthians. I need to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. I'm headed to my message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 24. 1 Corinthians 1, 24. 
I know I did this one time, but I want to show you when you're talking about call, he called Greeks and Jews and Greeks. See, we're living in a time now where people would come out and say, because they, they got the Old Testament religion, and this is what they say. Well, you know, Israel is waiting for the Lord to return, because that's when they salvation starts. Listen, you talking 2,000 years ago, brother, because once the gospel of grace came, Watch, you watch what it says to you. First Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse number, let's uh, start at 23. Back at verse 23. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. See, they, they hear it. They heard it through Paul. But to them was a stumbling block. Unto the Greek was foolishness. Greek were the Gentiles, okay? But unto them which are called. See, if you're called, this is going to make sense. But in them which are called both Jews and Greek. See, God called Jews and Greek. But people got this thing, well, you know, the Jews' religion, the Jews get their salvation after Christ's return. Listen, you keep believing that lie, because that's what it is. All right. People are dying every day. All right. But in them which are called both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, verse number uh, 26 is what I want to go down and skip one, go to verse 26. It said, for you see your calling, read, for you see your calling, brother, how, how that not many wise men are called. See, there are not many wise men are called because they already know. That's why God can't get nothing through their head. All right, not many wise men are called after the flesh. See, and then it said, not many mighty and not many noble are called. And that's why, because they don't think they need this. Or they already got it, you know, that kind of attitude. All right. But God, the next verse, has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And this preaching you, a man died 2,000 years ago, is, is still your savior. See, that's like uh, this guy's. Yeah, that's what he means. You, you're wise. You're so wise until you're foolish. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise and the things which are mighty. And base things of the world to those, and those things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the thing uh, that are, that no flesh will glory in his presence. That's why God doing this. Everybody that be saved is called. Nobody can glory in no flesh. Nobody can say, well, I was called because I confess. See, that's what happens. Something wrong with your confession. Uh, maybe you just ain't believing what you're confessing. See, that's, that, that's what happened there. Every time you don't get it, something wrong with your confession or something wrong with your belief. See, but this way here, you don't have to worry about it because everything is free. All right, verse number 30 says, but of him that are you in Christ Jesus of God, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according it is written, he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. And so this way, when you realize by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift, free gift of God. Uh, not of works that any man should boast. See, nobody got nothing to brag about. All right, but when you say, I confess, I got, I get it because I know how to confess and I know how to believe. Well, see, we don't know all that. So we just, on God's mercy, that's what you are. When you're in grace, everything is dependent on God's mercy. All right. If he had to depend on us to know it, we wouldn't get it. All right. I know some people got it, got it but I don't have it that way. All right. Now, let's move on because I want, I want to take you to 
First uh, Corinthians. Uh, let's go to First Corinthians because I want to show you something in First Corinthians, uh, and you want to write down the word God is faithful. First Corinthians chapter one. Why you in First uh, Corinthians? Let's go back to verse nine. And I want to show you something. You want to write down God is faithful because that's how you, on the high calling of God, everything here is based on his faithfulness. Five times at least in the Bible, uh, God, maybe six, he's going to tell you about God is faithful. I'm going to give you as many as I can. So you got to understand, you are saved because he's faithful. All right? When Abraham leaves, like he did, and went out and followed God, going to a place he'd never been and never know where he was going, he had to trust the faithfulness of God. Come on, say trust, trust. the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness. Say God is, God is faithful. faithful. All right. Now, you got to understand that God is a, the, the, being faithful means God keeps his word. That's what it means. I told you last week, you and your word is the same. There's no difference between you and your word. So when you give your word, you got to honor your word. Because that's who, that's who you are. You and your word is one. Just like God and his son is one. The father and the son is one. God and his word is one. Remember that, okay? So never give your word on something if that's what, not what you do. Because that's, that's who you are, okay? You don't want somebody to know about you differently. You keep your word. Faithfulness means what? God keeps his word. All right, now watch this, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. Let me, let me give you a few of these. We're going to run through them quickly. Read with me now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse number 9 is what we're waiting on the screen. There we go, read. God is faithful. The first thing he says, God is faithful by whom you are called. Watch what he called you. Unto the fellowship of his son. Why are we having fellowship every Sunday? Double services. Fellowship 9. Fellowship. Why you don't like the fellowship? Now, isn't this something? God called you to fellowship with his son. What you do? Wait till you get to heaven? See, people don't understand. They're walking in disobedience. This is what God called you to do. See, every time I find out what God called me to do, that's what we do here. All right, verse 9 again, read it. God is faithful by whom you, are, you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, so we fellowship with one another. That's how we fellowship with the Lord, because we are the body, right? See, people don't want that. I just want to fellowship when I get to heaven, just with Jesus, just me and Jesus. We're going to sit down, and I'm going to tell him all about it. No, no, you, you tell us all about it. We your body. See, we, people don't want to bother. No, let me move on. You don't understand fellowship. Fellowship is with the body, and we are the body. All right? Now, I, I, I want to take you, uh, why are you in Corinth? Let me take you some, somewhere else. I'm seeking I cover all that while I'm here. Uh, faithful. Let me give you some of those for a minute. Uh, let's go down to I'm trying to stay in Corinth. Chapter 10, verse 13. We did it with the word faithful. Let me give you those now while I'm in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You want to write these down, hopefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, God is faithful. Then we'll, come, we'll go, you can write them down. First Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 24. Then we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. Then we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. 
And last, Hebrew 10.23, which was not to us, so I may not do that, but it's to Israel. All right, but it's showing them God is faithful. Let's do this. First Corinthians chapter 1, uh, and verse 9 I just did. We're at First Corinthians 10.13 now. All right, let's read First Corinthians 10.13. There has no, now remember, all this is based on God is faithful. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So everything that you go through in your everyday life is common to man. Okay, God's not going to allow you to have a different experience than somebody else. This is just too much for me. No, everybody, we all have the same kind of temptation. All right? All right, the enemy only have three tools. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That's all he got. All right? There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is what? What are you supposed to say? That's your part. God is faithful. So whatever you find yourself in, you've got to be able to say, but God is faithful. That means God's going to keep his word. Now, what is the word that I gave you that he's going to keep? I know, but I gave it to you. Now, I'm, wait, well, I'm going to give it to you again. Hold right there. Hold right there. Write it down. We'll go to it next. It's called Romans 8, 28. I, wait a minute. No, no, don't say nothing now. We'll go there next. But this is what you got to understand when you're going through something. That's what I want. That's why I gave you the word. All right, now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13 first. Now, put that at the end. That one I gave you, Romans 8, 28, put that at the end of what I already gave you. All right, we won't go to it next, go to it end. I want to show you now, first, God is faithful. So whatever you're going through, you got to, your word is what? Let me, let me say, y'all back. Whatever you're going through, what are you supposed to say about God? That's right. He's going to keep his word, right? Huh? God's going to keep his word. All right. That's where you have victory at. You don't go by what you see. God is faithful. That's how you answer the critics. That's how you answer every pain that comes against your body. Everything that comes against your life, you're supposed to stand in the face of it and say, but my God is faithful. And you don't even have to know all the rest of it that he said he's going to do. But you know God to keep his word. All right. Verse number 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such is coming to man. But God is faithful who would not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Well, what does he say he's going to do? But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Clap your hand. Watch this. Clap your hand. See, God... You know, we used to say a song like down south, God knows how much you can bear. He does. Because he's not going to let you go past that. And if you think you've gone you're too far, you just say, Lord, uh, I can't bear no more of this. I'm telling you right now, I, many days I talked to God and when I got to a place and I said, Lord, I need you to help me here. I can't, I can't bear this. I can't bear no more of this. And I'm talking about pain. I'm talking about hurting. I'm talking about going through things spiritually. But you got to talk to God about it. Because God is what? That's your word. That's your word. That's, that's a word for the day. All right. Now, you, I'm going to give you Romans 8, 28. But this is, this is something I want you to slap in the face of the enemy every time it says something against your mind. Anytime someone come against your mind and you laying here can't get no rest and you feel something try to come against your body, you listen, God is faithful. That's what you got to hold on to. All right, what's next? What's next? 
I heard 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Let's go there. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. See, you got to understand God is faithful, man. I'm telling you right now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. See, it was God who called you. And you got to understand that. He's a faithful God. He's not going to call you to do something like Abraham. He called Abraham to come out from among his own people and go to a land where I will show you. Did he get there? Yes. It took a long time, boy. But I don't think but three or four people know Abraham got to the land that God gave him. See, so you, you're witnessing for the Lord. Abraham got to the land. That's why I told people this morning, you got to make sure you're at the right church because what happened when you're not here no more? Your family won't know where to go to church. Your job is to take them. That's what Abraham did. Abraham took them to the promised land. So when he died, guess what happened? They buried him in the promised land and all his people lived in the promised land. See, that's why you got to make sure you who are you supposed to be at. If not, your children are going to remain in a dead church because you wouldn't get out. You were scared of the people and scared to leave your name on the wall. Verse 24. Faithful is he, read it, faithful is he that what? Called it you. You got to understand, he called you, he's faithful. Who also will what? He, if he called you what to do, he would do it. God is not going to send you somewhere, don't bless you. Well, let me put it another way. Call you somewhere, don't bless you. When God calls you into the grace of Christ, it's because he wants to do something in your life. I can look at a whole lot of folk in this church came from other states. How many came from another state? Look at my, these people came from other states, came to this town, came to this city, and God brought them here. Give the Lord a great big hand, see? Now, I want to ask you a question. Now, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you a question. Has God blessed you since you've been here? That's right. That's what you're supposed to be looking at. That's what you're supposed to be looking at. All right, now, let me give me the next one. Second Thessalonians 3, 3. It took too long. Okay. I was going to get you to do it, but I, you got to be ready. Got to have your gun cup. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 3. Are you there? Let's read it together. But fellow, listen, I'm not reading all the other stuff that came before that. But let's go back to verse 1. We'll do it on this one. Go back to verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse, verse 1. We're not far from the top. Let's read verse 1. Finally, my brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and, and, and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. See, he just got through saying, pray for us, and pray also that God will deliver us. All the, whatever, he, whatever you pray, this is the end right here. But read. But the Lord is, come on, everybody, please. But the Lord is faithful. See, you, you, you're giving him praise right now, okay? But the Lord is faithful. Who shall do what? He's going to establish you and what else? Keep you from evil. Come on, get a lot of big hands. See, God is faithful to, to establish you and also keep you from evil. You got to understand that's what you are saying today, that my God is faithful. All right, that's what you got to understand. All right, now let's go to the last one. 
2 Thessalonians 2, 11, 12, while you're trying to find it, while you're there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12. Second Thessalonians, did I say chapter 2? I got, I, I wrote down the wrong thing here, I think. I think it's 1 Thessalonians 2, one, uh, 2 and 1, 11 and 12. It says that, uh, walk worthy of God who called in, unto his kingdom. I got the wrong thing here. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians. Yeah, I, I wrote down the wrong one. That's why I like to go over my message, man, over and over. I went over and over and still wrote it wrong. First Thessalonians chapter 2. All right, First Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, uh, verse 12. Let's read it together. I'm waiting till the screen get there. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. There we go, read it. That you will walk worthy of God who has called you into where? He called you unto his kingdom and glory. So, you can't get in his kingdom unless he call you. Now you think about all these other folks just go to church and told you they, 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 they in there. You know who his kingdom is, right? Christ. You can't get in Christ unless the gospel call you. Now you just think about how many folks just going to church and missed the mark. But I ain't going over there with will stay yourself at your own church. I'm not, I'm not trying to beg you to come here. I want you to be saved. That's all I want. I want to see people be saved. I don't want, go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 and 11. So here it just got through going through 2 Thessalonians. Now we didn't finish this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12 again. That you will walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. How many see God call you into his kingdom and glory? How many know the kingdom is Christ? So that's the only way you get in Christ, God call you in Christ. See, if you're sitting outside waiting on God to put you in Christ, he called you, just come in. Just receive his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the door. He said, I am the door. Then he said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You take those three right there and you put them together with other three things, death, burial, and resurrection. See, I'm giving y'all a message. Y'all want to preach. I'm giving y'all sermons. You don't even know it. I just gave it to you. Let me get you again. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is the way, the truth, and the life. Put three on top of three. His way, his death. His truth. See, y'all don't know the three. Do you know the three that I gave them to you? Death, burial, and resurrection. Put them on top of the way, the truth, and the life. See, I'm showing you how to preach. The Bible's already laid out, but you got to have the knowledge, understanding of the word. I'm giving you what to preach, a three-day message. You can preach Christ's death. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the barrier. That's the bread. The bread is the truth. His resurrection is the life. I'm giving you what to preach. So if you don't have nothing to preach, it's your fault. Okay. You like to preach? I'm giving you stuff to preach. Trinities in the Bible must be put on top of Trinities. Twos must be put on top of twos. Ones must be put on top of one. Fours must be put on top of fours. But you got to know what they are. All right, all right, here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 11. We already done that, right? That's all I want, I want it. 
That's all I want. Let's, let's move on. What's, what's next? I already did 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. We started out with that. All right. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23. Let's do that one. And I told you we're going to go somewhere after that. I gave you nothing. You know, I gave you something else that we're going to go to before Romans 8, 28. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5, 11. All right. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 first. Write that down, that 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, 11. All right, Hebrew 10, 23 is what we have now on the screen. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 23. Let's read together. Let us hope, this is why it's not us. This is, what, this is not us. If you listen to you know it's not you. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. You know you're not saved by your profession, your confession. That was Israel. But most churches that today, that's what they go by. All right, without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. So you're not, your salvation, you're not under the promise. That was promise was given to Israel. Now, how do you know that? Let's go show you the word. See, if you know the word, you won't sit there and fuss with me. All right, Romans chapter number nine. God did not give you the promise. You had nothing. Hold your finger right here in Romans 9, and then you're going to go to Ephesians chapter number 211. We're going to get both of these together. And I want you to write down these two in your Bible. Uh, remember, I'm a pastor teacher. My job is to explain the word. I'm not a preacher. I don't proclaim the word. Now, I can, I can proclaim now. But I'm here to teach you because I believe we are in need of, in, of teaching. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, uh, Romans chapter 9, and uh, we're going to start reading with verse number 1, Romans 9, 1. You ought to have the other Ephesians uh, 2, 11 in your hand. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. You ought to be there now. Read. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continued sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were cursed for, for, from Christ for my brothers, my kinsmen, according to what? Flesh. That's why he had to leave them. He prayed for them, but he had to move on. All right, now let's see who they are. Verse 4 Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth what? The adoption. And the glory. See, none of this was ours. They had the, the adoption, they had the glory, and they had the covenant. You didn't have no covenant. And the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the, and the, see, you never had no promises. So you read Hebrews chapter 3, it tells you about, the, you got the promise. You, that's not you. You don't have no promises. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. I'm doing this here because that's how you ought to know the word. When the Bible tells you you got something that you know you're not yours, you know that can't be you. Just like the word chosen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 12 is not to you. It's to those who are predestined, chosen. Because in the beginning, God created them, the heaven and earth. That's what it means. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. You are not the heaven or the earth. All right, let's keep going. Because the old heaven and earth, old earth was the short. I know they're not you, right? Okay. All right, now let's move on. Where are we going? Anybody know where we're going? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. 
See, I watch Exodus all the time, so I don't want to go there when that man asks him, do you know where we're going? Anybody know where we're going? Or Ephesians, my wife said, don't say that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Are you there? Amen. Come to your camera, so I don't want you to... Don't want you to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Here we go, read. Wherefore, remember that you in time past... Well, Gentiles in the flesh. Say, you're not Gentile no more. See, I'm not Gentile no more. Remember, this was 2,000 years ago. You were Gentile in the flesh. Once Christ rose from the dead, you're no more Gentile. Therefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by him. That at that time, we were what? We were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of what? We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We didn't have no promises. And also the Bible said, and we having no hope and we were without God in the world, but now. Mm, I like that but now. I already got one but now. Anybody else want a but now? But now in Christ Jesus. See, before you got in Christ, at the resurrection of Christ, he put you in Christ. Since you're in Christ, look what happened to you. You who sometimes were far off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. For now, you can go on to everything else. I won't have time to get there. But I want to show you what it was. You got to understand, you're in Christ now. Before you were in Christ, you didn't have no promises. You had nothing. We were without God in the world. We were in sin, dead. See, but that's why you have to thank him now and praise him every chance you get. Nobody could do this for you. Nobody. That's why I'm teaching on you the high calling of God. And I got to get to work to give you some of this. Uh, the high calling of God. Let's look at uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3. Go back there. Is there anything I didn't get to yet? 2 Thessalonians 1, 5, and 11. Let's, let's do that on the way. Uh, well, we're going to have to pass Philippi, but that's okay. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5, and 11. Is that right? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 and 11. Now, watch how this interchange. You read either one first, you ought to get your answer. All right, let's try it. Are you there? I'm, I'm on my screen here. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 5. We're going to read that. Then we're going to read 2 Thessalonians 1 and 11. Now watch. You ought to be able to discern and get an answer here, right? Read verse, verse 5. Read. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of what? You may be, if you'll pay attention and read with me, you'll, you'll, I'm trying to teach you how to read. That's all. I don't want to say that people, I pastor, can't read. I don't want to ever say that, but I know a lot of y'all can't read. That's why you don't read. It doesn't take much. I'm from Mississippi too. I know when I came here, I couldn't read. You got to start reading. And I want you to study. When you get home, start reading at home. You know how I start, you, how I learned how to read so good? I know the Holy Ghost did. I gave him all the praise. But he, I bought my wife a full Bible on cassettes at that time. They were book, you know, you fold them up. It's, and they had Genesis and Revelation. I called myself being nice to my wife because she went to church. But that's how I learned how to read. 
I went in my room and I put my tape player on. My wife will tell you, every day I put the tapes on. Every day, seven days a week. And then we got the book called Through the Bible. My wife's still going through it today. We, that's what we do. We just go through the Bible. A lot of times my wife in the bed, she got on her uh, through the Bible headgear. That's, that's what we do, man. That's how you learn how to read. You never open your mouth, never going to read. You just can't sit and go, mm -hmm. You're never going to read. Forget it. All right. But I want you to learn how to read. It's a joy when you read something and then God show you something. Woo I want that for you. All right. I'm having so much fun. All right. Now watch what he said. He counted, counted you worthy of this calling. So we got to find out what this calling is. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his will and the work of faith with power. He did all that. All right. Now, but, but you got to understand this calling. Now, let's go to verse. I'm reading verse 11. I shouldn't be over there. Let's go back to verse 5 again, then verse 11. Oh, that got so good. I slipped over there. Go back to verse 5 first. Read. Which is the manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of what? Of the kingdom of God, for which also you suffer. Now, he was talking to Israel that day because they were suffering for the kingdom. But go to verse 11 now. Here we go on the street. Read it. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling. Now, what is that calling? I gave it to you in verse 5. That's why I say you gotta, that's how you read. See, you just can't think you know it. Leave that alone. You can't count on this thing up here. That's why God had to give you the mind of Christ. It don't come from here no more. It comes from the heart. You have the spirit now in you that teaches you. You can't trust this thing. This thing will get you to the middle of 75. You don't know which way you're going. You don't trust this thing. Which one of them exit that? Which one exit? What am I supposed to be turning? That's you, this thing here, boy. All right. Now let's go do it one more time. Go back to verse 5. Come on, you got to catch it. Watch verse 5. Read. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Say, counted worthy of the kingdom of God. All right, now let's go to verse number 11. All right, let's read it. Verse 11, read it. Wherefore, we pray always for you, brother, that our God will count you worthy of this calling. Count you worthy of what? That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. See, you, once you put them together, you can see it. He counts you worthy of this calling. This calling is the kingdom of God. That's what he called you. Now, who is the kingdom? He called you into Christ. But you can't get in there without being called. All right. I'm all right. You're all right, Reverend. I'm all right. Cool. All right. Now, anything else out there I got? Romans 8, yeah, Romans 8, 28. We'll do that now. Uh, that was going to be my climax scripture, but uh, I'll do it now because I want you to understand this is what I gave you from the Lord. I said the other day you write this down because this is something you need to meditate on. Now, he called you into his kingdom and his glory. Say, God called me into his kingdom and glory. From here, we're going to go back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. 
I got a lot I got to show you over there. All right. Uh, where are we at right now? Romans 8, 28. I just wanted y'all got me here. Romans 8, 28. All right. Put it on the screen and let's, let's read it together. Romans chapter 8, verse 8, 28. Wait on our screen. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All right. Here we go. And we know, I need you to read it because you're the one supposed to know. Come on. And I know. Yeah, uh-huh. That all things work together. All things. Doesn't say all things. All right. That God is faithful. He is not going to tell me something that doesn't happen. And I know that all things work together. So other reasons. So what you're going through got to be a purpose. Because if everything you're going through going to be work together for good to them that love God. Hmm. So you got to be able to see everything that happened in your life is going to come out for your favor. It's going to work for your favor. Come on, it's going to work for your what? See, that's what you got to see. You got to see that you're not just going to go through, go through something just to go through something. See, God showed us that in, in, in Job. See, Job was a righteous man. Job hadn't done anything. Job, you, you a righteous man in Christ. So we're not talking about you got some things that you ain't doing right because you're hard-headed. But I'm not going to bother that. I'm not talking to everybody. They know, they, people don't talk about. See, when the Spirit of God says something, you know, oh, how you, listen to you talking, talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you. The Lord told you it was you. Let me move on. But you got to understand something. When you're going through something, you are the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Right, so you, always you got that there. So God not dealing with you because you did something wrong. Because you, you got your righteousness in Christ. You everybody understand that? Because if he did, he'd be spanking you behind every day. You, know, you, you see people just like, you, you know they be getting a whooping every day. But God don't do that to us, okay. All right. Come on, let's read. And we know, say, and I know. All things work together for good for me. Because I love God and I am the called according to his purpose. Say, God called me according to his purpose. So that has to stick to you. He didn't just call you. He had a purpose why he called you. Now, I know he called you. Go back to Philippians. He called you to his kingdom and called you to his glory. But he called you to be sons. You got to understand, God called you to be what? His son. Your girl, his daughter. All right? God called you to be his child. Now, everything that's going to work, once you answer the call, you got to understand that everything's going to work in your favor. You can't look at everything as bad no more. You got to understand, I don't see it now, but this got to work for my favor. That's right. You don't understand how it's going to work. How could Job know what he was going through was going to work for his favor? It's nowhere in the world when you went through all the things that Job went through and then you get to the last chapter and said all these things worked for Job good. Because Job got everything that he lost doubled. But you couldn't see that in the beginning of his life. How many know the ending of your life is greater than the beginning? Do you know that? 
So every now and then, you got two things you got to chew on this week. Number one, God is faithful. Say it loud. God is faithful. In that camera right there, brother. Say it with me. God is faithful. Why? And we know. Can you put them together? Come on, we put them together. Come on, say God is faithful. And I know that all things work together for my good. Because I love God and I'm the called according to his purpose. I'm one of his children. All right, come on now, clap your hands, clap your hands. You got, you got to know this. You got to know this. You can't think that stuff is happening in your life without God allowing it. See, you don't understand like that. You, you as boy, you as daughter. Now, why did it happen? That's the same thing I guarantee you Job said. Man, I know good and well, but God, the enemy didn't know. All that was happening to Job, God was working some things out. Because when you close out Job, let me, let me go back and show you something, Job. Go back, let me show you one thing. Go to the last chapter of Job. Let me show you the last thing that happened in Job's life. For God, for God did some things in Job's life. Now, this is an awesome thing right here, what I'm giving to show you. Go to the last chapter 42. If you, if you get to Psalm, you just pass it. Job chapter 42. And I want you to go down to verse 10. See, something you didn't know about Job. But let me show you Job's turning point. Are you there? Here we go. And verse 10. And the Lord, read it out loud. Come on. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When did he do it? When he prayed for his enemies. Brother, let me tell you something. We don't know why Job went through what he went through. But we know what his turning point was. God turned it all around. And everything started working for his good. When he prayed for his enemies. All these guys put down Job. What he was going through. He had to be doing this now. You know, you know it had to be now. Look at all the, look at all, boys on the man, you a man of God, you had, listen. But you know what Job did? Job fell on his knees and began to pray for all his persecutors. And everybody speaking evil of him. And everybody was putting him down. And every time he prayed for them, everything began to turn around his life. And the Bible said, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job and when he prayed for his friend, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Somebody say, here come the devil. See, that's how you do. You, you see the devil coming now. Because God has taught you to pray for people who persecute you and speak evil against your falsely. And all people will put you down. You got to understand how to get into this place. I'm not done. I'm not done. Go, go to verse 11. Come on. Come on. I need you to read with me. Then came there unto him all his brothers. Now all the brothers showed up. He prayed for his. He prayed for all his friends. But now here come his brothers. And all his sisters. 
and all they that had been all of his acquaintances. Man, everybody began to come to Job. Why? Because Job got twice his mercy now. And the Bible said, and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord, wait a minute, the Lord, see they think the Lord did it, had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money. Everyone, all the blessings began to come to him. They thought God had messed over his boy. But God allowed this to happen to Job. And all those folks who misunderstood Job had to come pay him a piece of money. Oh, I like that. Yes, sir. Now let's read verse 12. Let's read verse 12. Come on, I know when God's talking. Let's read verse 12. There we go. So the Lord, he blessed the latter end. I told you the latter's better. I told you the latter end is better than your beginning. Come on, look at somebody and say, your latter end is better than your beginning. You have not seen nothing yet. Look at verse 12. Read verse 12. Read verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had now 4,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 14, I'm sorry, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, a thousand sheep asses. He had also seven sons. Wait a minute. Seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the, all the way, and then all the way down in verse 17. I want to go to verse 17. Verse 17, so when Job, it's supposed to be like this. So when Job died, he lived old and got full of days. Now you got to understand how old he was then. He was the oldest, one of the oldest men in the East at that time. Huh? Verse 15. 16, and this lived Job, oh, oh wait a minute, 140 years, and he saw his sons and his sons' sons even, listen, they counted Job out, but he, did, he didn't go nowhere. I believe the day, I believe the day, I, I believe the day that God is speaking to your latter end. Yes, sir. I believe God just showed you your latter end. You, when you live right for God, you will see he'll show your letter in. Somebody say amen. I want you to write these down. We got four or five minutes. I want you to write these down. I want you to write this down. Now, I'm, I'm not messing with the forgetting the thing. I already did with the forgetting those things. We're going to look at the reaching forward to what's ahead. This is Philippians. I'm not going to it. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14. Second, you're reaching forward to what's ahead. You already forgot the things that are behind. That's what Abraham did, all the things he left. Now you got to reach forward to the things which are ahead. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27. Write the scripture down. I'm not going there. I'm going to show you they, these is only, there is only one prize. There is only one prize. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27. That's where Paul talked about running the race. There's only one prize. We know that prize is eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, called the crown of righteousness. It's only one pride. You can call it a different name, but it's only one pride. 2 Corinthians 4 and 8 is the crown of righteousness. James 1 and 1, crown of life. All these is the same as eternal life. You just don't have a crown of life. You have the spirit of life now. The Bible told you that in Romans chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
has made you free from the law of sin and death. You already got the spirit of life. So you don't need to wear no crown on your head. Don't let nobody tell you about that. That was for Old Testament believers, even Paul. Paul said he has a crown of righteousness laid up in store for him. James said it was a crown of life waiting for him. Peter, he talked about the crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 4. Those people talk about crown because they were the Jews and they had that when the Lord came for them. You don't have to wear crown. You have, you already been crowned with righteousness or God has put on your whole soul, seal your whole soul with his righteousness. Okay, you don't need a little couple thing on your head. All right. That you see people, we're going to wear a crown. You're already crowned. Crowned with glory and honor right now. Okay. Then the third thing you're going to do is press towards the mark. Press towards the mark. And the key is keep your eye on the prize. When you're pressing towards the mark, you're keeping your eyes on the prize of the high calling of God. And the high calling of God is in Christ Jesus. Now you want to write down this because I want to go to a couple of these. Romans 1 and 4. You want to put down the word holiness. Romans 1 and 4. Your call is to live holy. See, you've been called to live holy. You've been called into the grace of Christ. You can't come into the grace of Christ still living like you were used in the world. You are called into the grace of Christ. You are called to holiness. Holiness is in Christ. So you can't be an Adam doing that junk and then come in Christ do the same thing. I'm trying to tell you, you have to ask yourself, are you in Christ? This is not a game. You're not going to heaven because you go to church. That's why I keep telling people, you don't go to heaven because I go to church. All right. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 4, according to the spirit of holiness. You have, if you're in Christ, the spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Your righteousness in Christ is holiness. That's why God made you righteous so you can live holy. You can't live holy if you don't have the spirit of holiness. All right. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. I'm going to read it. But now being made free from sin and you become the servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness. And the end, eternal life. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 22. You can put it on the screen for the other folk and read it. Roman, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. You have your fruit unto holiness. When you're born of the Spirit, you shall show fruits of holiness. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. All right. And then it says, and the end, eternal life. I want to show you that because you got righteousness in Christ. You, that's what you're supposed to end up with is eternal life. Eternal life is what God gives you when you leave. You, it's in Christ, but that's what you have when you leave this flesh. It's eternal life. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, the last one. Let us cleanse ourselves. That ain't something nobody else got to do for you. You know you got some things in your life you got to get rid of. Let us cleanse ourselves, perfecting holiness. So God says, okay to be holy, but now let's perfect it. Let's get those little stuff out of your life. You don't need to be there. Perfected holiness. Out of reverence for God. The Bible says in the fear of God. But it's really out of reverence. I'm reading out the Greek Bible. 
is out of reverence for God. That's how you, you live in holy. You got to have the respect and honor for the Lord. You are his daughter, you're his son, you need to live like it, is what God said. You are representing your own father. You're telling people I'm God's child, I live for God, I'm live for God. If you are here, live for him. And my time is up. The high calling of God, the high calling of God is eternal life. That is the, the highest calling there is in Christ Jesus is your eternal life. You live holy is how you get there. Holiness is the highway to eternal life. Say that with me. Holiness is the highway to eternal life. That's what you'll get in Isaiah. Isaiah will tell you, you holiness leads you to eternal life. Uh, let's stand up and let's thank God for his word today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read this. Stand up on your feet. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 told you how to be saved. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again according to the Scriptures, and that's me to fulfill the Scriptures. So when Christ died for our sin, he fulfilled the scripture. When he was buried, he fulfilled the scripture. When God raised him from the dead, he fulfilled all the scripture. Everything in the Old Testament has been fulfilled by one man. His name is Christ Jesus. Let's give the Lord a great big hand. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.